The coral reefs of the shallow tropics are home to a wide variety of dazzling displays, but none so alluring as the vibrant dance of the sexy shrimp. From its colorful home nestled safely in the arms of its anemone partner, the sexy shrimp tangos, flamencos, and even merengues. But feeling the rhythm of the night is all part of survival here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome to back. Welcome on back. Congratulations on being back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's for 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us or visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a sea creature that somebody at some point apparently thought was quite attractive. But more on that later. Yeah. You don't... Somebody just like saw a shrimp and was like... That's... That's... That floats my boat. And I'm in a boat, because that's a shrimp down there. Speaking of shrimp, we're talking squat. We we're, we are talking about squat, uh, but also we're talking about the squat shrimp, aka inappropriately named the sexy shrimp. Is that inappropriate? For very stupid reasons, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, it's also known as the broken back shrimp so I don't know if Jake Gyllenhaal is involved with this one <laughs> but uh, we're going to call it here the squatter shrimp and tentacle tenements very good which just reminds me of the tenement halls which was the f- pretty much the first and only time I've ever heard that word used in the sentence is, I thought uh, you knew that word because of your exploits in Airbnb. Tenement, though? I don't think Airbnb, like, not that it's, like, directly related, but it's sort of related. It's like a, it's a style like a, of, of, it's, it's like, it's an apartment, but like a weird ownership setup. I don't know exactly how it works. I thought it was like a room. Yeah. A room or set of rooms forming a separate residence within a house or block of apartments. So it's kind of like um, certain college dorms are like this. Yeah, I mean, I think of it. Obviously, I I only I immediately think of the sound of silence. Um, and uh, what's his name? Thomas Sowell always talks about his upbringing in the tenements of Harlem. Other than that, I don't know what <laughs> I don't really have any experience um, with tenements. It's apparently uh, associated with lower income city uh, urban housing. So, huh. um, but it still makes sense here. 
which will become apparent later. Would you like to know what science calls it? Sure. Uh, they're in the kingdom Animalia. They're in the phylum Arthropoda. They're in the subphylum Crustacea. They're in the class Malacostraca, the order Decapoda. The suborder Pleosimata. Saimata. Uh, they're in the infraorder Carry Day. Jim Carry Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada celebrates Jim Carry Day every day, every year on his birthday. Birthday. Does it really? No, but they should because he's Canadian. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they just celebrate the birthdays of every famous person that's ever come out of their country. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's a Justin Bieber Day, there's a Drake Day. Um Drake is Canadian? Yeah. Oh wow. They're in the family Thoridae. And then they're in the genus Thor. That's which, why it's sexy. Thor is sexy, right? Thor the genus Thor is wasted on a shrimp. If you said, Hey, listen, there's a genus of animal called Thor, what animal do you think it was? Shrimp would be really low on the list. Yeah, definitely like electric stingray or bear. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two options. Uh, the species is Ambionensis. Thor Ambionensis. Ambionensis? Yeah. It's Thor. Well, it hurts. <laughs> Amboinensis. That's what it is. Amboy. All uh, right. Well, well, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups. Wait, let me cue the music. You can cue the music. I, I can cue the music. I can't hear the music. It's going. Well, I believe you. Uh, the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of shrimp, would you call it A, a colony of shrimp, B, a net of shrimp, C, a bilge of shrimp, or D, a hankering of shrimp. Colony, net, bilge, and hankering. Hmm. I'm going to say it is a... I Didn't we do... I feel like I should know this. Colony, net, bilge, or hankering. It's not a hankering. I do have sometimes a hankering for popcorn shrimp. I but... have a hankering for just shrimp in general, usually. Bilge? Is that just like murky water, or is it like gray water? A colony. Does that one? Was that one? The first one you said. That's the first one. That's a. I'm gonna go with a colony of shrimp. Final answer. Ding ding ding! You're correct. It is a colony of shrimp. Wow. Good. A popcorn thought, of shrimp would have been another good option. <laughs> I thought that um it, you might be drawn to it because it's the only like vanilla one on the list, and also that's shared by other animals. So, I, I was like, oh, I should include one that's like a pack or something, or a school or a herd of shrimp, and just see if that throws you off. But you got it. A herd of shrimp. 
Would you like to know what it looks like? I would. Well, like many a sea creature, uh, the uh, the squat shrimp looks utterly alien. It's an alien little shrimpling. Um, if you've seen a shrimp not ready to be dipped uh, in a cocktail sauce, it's generally that shrimply shape. But they are bright orange with bright white spots. Um and the spots are lined with a bright blue ring. So they, they're shrimp, but bright, brightly colored. And Johanna said when she was looking at this thing to draw, she was saying that the the spots look almost photoshopped. They look very weird. Yeah, they very, do look weird. Like, uh, Layered like on. Iridescent or iridocyclitis or something. So yeah. their little shrimp tails are narrow and placed on a thick abdomen. Same. So that's how that's how I eat shrimp is I place them on my thick abdomen. That is all I've got for what it looks like, except for how big is it? Shrimplings are usually small. In fact, it is a synonym for small. Uh, so let's let's get into the blood measure up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also, it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio yourself saying singing or making whatever sound a shrimp does uh, into uh, measure up in, into uh, the words measure up. That's the problem with uh, having a little aside. I forget that I have a re- the rest of the sentence to say. <laughs> <laughs> say those words up. into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Say it directly into the Gmail. Open up an email and just <laughs> cheddar measure up into it yeah. and press send. Um, we don't have a new measure up intro this week, but that means we get to hear from a shrimp. I'm and curious to see. We're going to listen to what you're going to say to this episode after it's finished. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. It is, it's a uh, crusty crab man saying so long, shrimp. Eugene Krabs? Yeah, Eugene Krabs. All right, that was Eugene Krabs. Clancy Brown. Let's talk length. They're 13 millimeters or 0.5 inches. How many squad shrimp go into the mother of the heaviest baby born on record? Into the mother's height. Of the heaviest baby born on record. A fact that I told you, but I am betting you've forgotten. I didn't, I did not forget. You know this woman's exact height? No, but I know, I have a general idea. That's fine. Here's a hint. The heaviest baby born was 22 pounds or 9.98 kilograms in 28 inches. His mother was Anna Haining Bates. Who was the, who the Guinness Book of World Records called a giantess, as if she is some sort of mythical monster and not a, just a tall human being? Uh, pretty funny, uh, kind of mean. The baby was born in January of 1879, so she's long dead, so she can't get mad at us. 
says the guest. We can make fun <laughs> of dead people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, How tall was the lady? Between I know it's between seven and eight feet. I'm just going to slice it right down the middle and call it seven and a half, seven feet, six inches, which is 90 inches. You said half an inch for this guy? Uh, yeah. One, eight, zero shrimp is my answer then. Uh, 180. The correct final answer? Yes. The correct answer is 190 shrimp. That is still a nursing school victory. The baby was the baby was the mother of the baby was seven feet eleven inches. Eleven inches, goodness, almost eight feet tall. They just they don't make they don't build them like that anymore. They sure do, and they didn't really then either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like the tallest guy ever in like that in the Guinness World Book of Records is like from the nineteen ten times. True. It's Something it's that high fructose corn syrup, I bet you. Yeah, and and six packs a day. And TV. <laughs> uh, let's talk genus size. As we know, small things in the ocean do not know they 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 do not uh, care to slap that thing on a um the thing that measures weight a scale. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to talk about the size of the genus. There are 12 members of the genus Thor. What is the difference in the percentage of the genus Thor that is made up of squat shrimp? Uh, and the percentage of the earth's terrestrial land that remains relatively untouched by human beings. So here's a hint. There is a lot of debate about this and the numbers may vary based on the specifics of the question. How much is wild how much is untouched, how much is modified, which we've talked about before. But modified land could include buildings, transportation infrastructure, agricultural land, mines, quarries, power plants, logging, human intrusion, which basically means all areas around population centers that humans can access. And it also uh, includes areas affected by acid rain or fog caused by pollution. So so no human being could have ever lived there. But if a fog cloud is carried by the wind there, that means that it's modified land. So because environmental politics is so charged and political, the answer to the question is at risk of being agenda biased. For our purposes, we're just talking about lands without human populations or substantial land use. Land or percentage of the Earth's surface? The percentage of land. land. So, not ocean. Antarctica makes a big... Excuse this for sure. It's definitely the... It's that it's that student that throws off the curve. Mm-hmm. And probably the interior of the Sahara. I'm going to say 50%. Because I don't know. Fifty. This this study said fifty percent of the Earth's land has been thought of by a human, or affected by humans in some way. Um, 
Uh, so my answer is 4.1 because there's 12, 12 members of that uh, the genus. So 50 divided by 12 is 4.1. 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 7. Approximately. Final answer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was exactly right because you're right. 50% of the earth remains untouched according to a 2020 study using global human influence maps. What are those? I don't know. What do they measure? I don't know. The only way to know if someone has been there is to go there, right? Well, you could Unless like a satellite. Your satellite's not going to tell you if there's like an arrowhead on the ground. <laughs> True. Um, there's also a, in a lot of these like metrics that I'm reading, like modification, untouched, wild, how much is wild? There's a overlying uh, panic that... Anything touched by humans, it means ruined. So, like, in these articles, it's, like, bad news. Humans have, like, used up 50% of the Earth, which is not exactly accurate. Um, there are people no. living on sections of Earth that are not destroyed by their presence. Um, I'd say it's improved in a lot of cases. Uh that section but, of the earth didn't have a hot tub on it, and now it does improved. For, for me, it certainly is improved because it's got a hot tub on it and electric yeah. lights. But for, like, the pine beetle or whatever, I don't know. Pine, pine views... Uh, pine beetle? Aren't, aren't, aren't comfortable warm baths. So I, the, the point is moot. The point is moose. Let's talk about some fast facts before we get into the big fact. Squat shrimp lives in the Red Sea, the Indian Ocean, the Pacific Ocean, the Caribbean Sea, the Gulf of Mexico, Madeira, wherever that is. I think it's just an island. And then the Canary Islands, which is uh, definitely some islands. What's Madeira? It's an archipelago. Oh, that's right. It's an archipelago in the North Atlantic Ocean. Uh, it's, uh, I like the, the list said it's in the Pacific ocean in general, but it's only specifically in the Gulf of Mexico and this, in this Island in the Atlantic ocean. Uh, so in these two places and the entire Pacific ocean, (laughs) (laughs) uh, female squat shrimp carry fertilized eggs beneath their abdomen until they are ready to hatch. In general, shrimp eat bacteria, zooplankton, algae, and decaying detritus, a, f- a favorite food of animals in the ocean. Um, and then I was looking up, like, why? why so this thing is dance. It dances. It's famous for dancing. And I was like, why does it dance? What? Why is it? Why is it interesting? Because it dances. So it says. So I found something that said when excited. It stretches its tail up and waves it about. Hence the name Sexy. Also, hence the name Broken Back Shrimp. Anything that moves is sexy to these scientists? They got to get out of the lab. It's the <laughs> Maybe it's the spots. They, they have a thing for polka dots. They have for whatever like the opposite. As- asymmetrical polka dots. What is it? Tryptophobia. They have tryptophilia. They like the little spots. 
Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's not like having spots is different than having a holes, clusters of holes. That's true. That's very different. But I've heard that people like even spots, like clusters of spots will make people go upset. Like the um the iPhone, the three camera configuration on the new iPhones. Yeah. I guess those are three holes though cuz it is a camera. True. But you can't put your little tootsies in it. So it doesn't count. <laughs> if you can't stick your feet in it, it's not a hole. <laughs> it's not a shoe, that's for sure. Put put the- <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I, there's lots of shoes I can't stick my feet into. Not a shoe. <laughs> For me, not a shoe. <laughs> Anything less than a size 12 men's is a, is not a shoe. True. Well, if you give me a baby shoe, for me, that's not a shoe. It could be a paperweight. It could be a projectile, but it's not a shoe. It's a shoe for your toe. It's postmodernism. Get with you, the you have a... <laughs> Live your truth. <laughs> Live your shoe truth. Well, that's all I got for that. Do you have any really big facts about this very small shrimp? Yeah. So originally, the major factor is going to be about its dancing because it's called the sexy shrimp. Um, so I called this major fact uh, twerking hard or hardly twerking. But uh, now it's, it's it doesn't work as well because the major fact is something else. So the sexy shrimp establishes a commensal bond with another invertebrate usually a sea anemone uh, or a mushroom coral uh, in the shallow waters of coral reefs in bermuda they usually choose the carpet anemone the stinging anemone or the adhesive anemone the sticky one um so kind of like a clownfish, if you've seen Finding Nemo, uh, it lives inside of the uh, defensive tentacles of of a of a living anemone. Um, usually, more than one shrimp choose to do this. Uh, live in the same anemone. Um, they live there and they eat the the tentacle tissue and the the plankton that's caught in the mucus around the tentacles um are you eating (laughs) i'm doing what fish do i'm eating fish on camera it's going on youtube yeah the it's a little treat for the youtubes i'm sure they'll love it anyway um the uh so that's what the shrimp get out of it is that they eat the plankton um in the mucus within the the sea anemone um there's not really 100% uh there's not a lot of information on what the anemone gets out of it uh, cuz usually in um and that's why this isn't necessarily a symbiotic relationship so it's not like uh one of those cleaner birds yes. That hang out in, or the cleaner rest, that uh, that hang out in um, like crocodiles' mouths. So they clean the crocodile, and the crocodile gives them protection. Um, it's more uh, like a lamprey kind of thing. No, lampreys are not a lamprey, but like those those fish that live underneath uh, sharks. They're just kind of there, and the sharks are no Is worse for the wear. Is it? For some reason, lamp. Like a ha- a hagfish came to mind when I thought of a lamprey. I don't know, if, 
we we've covered the hagfish. I'm pretty sure it's not the same thing. Um, but there is a theory that uh, the shrimp's excrement, it's poopy, uh, is good for the the anemone. So there's there's some give and take. Remora. Uh, I this is but this is a take I'd rather not take. I'd rather not be given. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not as easy as um, just finding an anemone and swimming into it. In fact, uh, the these shrimp are commonly held as pets, which is why it was so hard to find uh, like documentary-style wild information about them because most information on the Internet is about how to take care of them in your little tank. Um, so what you're not supposed to do is buy an anemone, put it at the bottom of the tank, and then just drop one of these sexy shrimp into it um, because uh, it will be stung and then eaten by the anemone, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure is uh, mortifying, except for the fact that these things cost like 10 bucks, So it's not like you're really out of a, a lot of money. But if you grew attached to your sexy shrimp, which you sh- shouldn't, um, then you're going to be pretty horrified to see it being uh, slowly consumed by a tentacle monster at the bottom of your fish tank. Um, the So what it does is it acclimates to the, uh, the anemone gradually. So it gets stung maybe a little bit, but not doesn't actually go in, inside and, and just slowly makes its way in. But the big thing is that it will take up kind of an apartment inside of the anemone. So, you know, you can imagine an enemy. It's like this big disc with a bunch of tentacles coming out. Um, and it like it's not like one has just free reign of the whole tenement, right? They got to pay rent for just where they live. So smaller uh, shrimp will uh, typically live on the outside of the anemone where the larger shrimp will live on the inside. And this they're also not the only species to live in there. Other uh animals live in there like crabs uh and uh brittle stars will will take the same route of living inside of this cnidarian, which is what an anemone is. It's basically a jellyfish that has been glued to the ocean floor. <laughs> um so everyone gets their own uh, their own little their, their own bed and um, <laughs> space. They get a shelf in the refrigerator, uh, and but they all have to share the same bathroom, which the anemone is fine with because it eats their poop anyway. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of this big, uh, this big college dorm full of shrimp and crab and starfish. <laughs> a, st- a, a stinging toxic college dorm just the just the way i remember it <laughs> um even though i didn't stay in a dorm but yeah that's uh that's it it's that's all i got that was the uh the ma- the major the major fact i also didn't um, stay in a dorm who has that kind of money nobody that's who I lived yeah, 30 minutes away from 100%. my school. I wasn't about to go live on campus. Well, um, 
But you know, I didn't get the Greek life. I got Greek. <laughs> I got Greek yogurt instead. Not a um, bad trade. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. That was the. Uh, that's the sexy shrimp. I almost did this intro with my best Antonio Banderas impression, and it was so bad <laughs> that I couldn't. I had to play it straight. I just can't do it. Um, despite the fact, despite my Hispanic heritage, I am, I am by by all woke standards, totally allowed to make this impression to do the, to to do the a Hispanic do. impression. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm, I'm not able to. Um, so it's it is it is a travesty, but oh well. So for you out there in Podcastia, turn on those KC body lights. Find a cozy, codependent, I mean, symbiote, I mean, commensal relationship. And dance the Nidarian away like the sexy shrimp here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. <laughs> what would be a commensal relationship among human beings? Like a hitchhiker. Like a hitchhiking thing. Very, like that's it, yeah. If I'm going in a direction and I can help you out, then come along. You know, I don't get anything for it. But I'm also really not that much worse for the wear unless you're a murderer. <laughs>